0: Welcome to Clinical Lab Chat, part of the MedCorp Podcast Network. I'm Chris Wolski, Director of Business Intelligence for CLP, and today I'll be speaking with Jessica Murphy, uh, Senior Technical Laboratory Educator for Thermo Fisher Scientific, about the state of allergy testing and where we are and where we're headed. So... Uh, Jessica has been an ASCP certified medical laboratory scientist for more than 13 years, including in specialized and clinical labs prior to joining Thermo Fisher Scientific. Her particular focus is on allergy and autoimmune disease, so, she's uh, the right expert for us to talk to today. And, uh, Jessica, welcome to Clinical Lab Chat. Uh, We have a lot to talk about, so let's get started. so I wanted to start a conversation by looking at the bigger picture. Uh, when we talked uh, in our pre-interview, uh, I talked a, a bit about, uh, I just found out my dad, uh, 70 years ago, was the one kid in his school who had allergies, had to go home for lunch. He couldn't eat with the other kids. He was allergic to everything. Uh, my brother had some, he was more of the typical kid. He had the basic allergies when he was a kid. But, you know, now there seems to be an overwhelming prevalence uh, of people of all ages and backgrounds with allergies. You know, how, I, how many comedians do we hear that talk about, oh, I got on the plane and I couldn't have peanuts because, you know, some kid had a peanut allergy, you have the tables at schools, etc. So what do you think is driving this kind of explosion of allergies? Is it better testing? Is it we all have more allergies?
1: No, that's a really common question and a great question. So. I guess I'll hit it with two spears. So, uh, you know, what's causing this larger demand, this increase in allergies that we're seeing um, in children and adults. So I'll say there's a lot of different theories out there as to what is causing this influx of testing, especially over the past 200 years. So one of the theories is our diets. You know, our diets have Mm -hmm. gotten dramatically different in terms of what we're eating types of foods we're eating and even how the foods are being processed when they're being picked from the fields um, how they're being washed you know the manufacturing facilities that they're being processed in mm-hmm. um, a new study has even uh revealed there's a connection between the bacteria and our gut and how our body reacts to mm-hmm. allergies as well when it comes to the outdoor allergens you know uh as the planet warms researchers are saying that Allergy season is starting earlier and lasting longer because our summers are longer now right. and our winters our winters are not as long, not as cold. So um, right. there's a lot of different theories out there no you know we're not sure 100% what's causing this influx. Uh, another one is that uh, I know for a while doctors were advising parents to hold off exposing their children to peanuts. And they were thinking that maybe right. this is causing the influx in peanut allergy because children are not being exposed to it as early. I don't believe that they're advising that now. I'm not a pediatrician, so I can't speak to that. But I, uh, I don't believe they're advising uh, parents to hold off uh, all children on being exposed to peanuts anymore. Uh, Because they're seeing that delayed introduction could cause an influx in it as well. And like your father's story, I mean, I I think everybody has their own personal stories of people they know. Yeah. You know, I know my, uh, no one in my family has any type of food allergy. And I have two nephews that have a peanut allergy. And I grew up, we all grew up eating peanut butter. So it's.
0: Oh, gosh. Yeah. 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 I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here today without peanut butter. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so, you know, we, so let's move on. So we talked to, in the pre-interview about the battle, I guess the bad old days using scratch testing, which was pretty labor intensive. I remember going to, uh, the doctor, uh, company, my doctor, uh, with my mom, uh, uh, when my brother had to get it, it was pretty horrible. The poor kids pretty suffered pretty badly. Uh, but it was also pretty labor a labor intensive sort of thing. You had to write on the. I remember he was all written on. It was it was just it was a bit much. Um, but today we have at home tests. So how has this progression improved or at least changed diagnostics? Is there better access? I mean, is this also a, a question of that? Yeah, you, know, you 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 have better uh, better access uh, better access to testing. I I have a cousin. Who actually, as an adult, was was uh, uh, diagnosed with some pretty intense uh, uh, gluten allergies, and I think when she was a kid, she probably had them as well, and they just never tested her. And so, does does this does these simpler tests just finding more people with allergies? You know, people are just suffering. Kids were suffering in silence. They didn't they didn't like something, you know. Quote like something, but it was really they were allergic to it. I mean, so is it, so is it access? Is it the better testing, simpler testing at home testing, uh, making things better?
1: Yeah. So I honestly, I think it's a little bit all of everything combined. So testing has gotten better. Okay. Accuracy's gotten better. But if we really want to look at it from, we know that allergic uh, allergy testing demand for this type of testing has gone up. There's been right. But with that, there's been a steady decline in allergy fellowship each year, about a six percent reduction coming out. But then that demand for treating patients, there's they've seen a thirty five percent increase. And so because of this shift, the lack of allergists, but the increase in allergic uh, allergic uh, diseases, now a lot of this shift, a lot of these patients are getting treated by primary care or they're like, right. like your uh, cousin you mentioned is buying the at home kits. So there's at home kits okay. that are done by the finger prick, the finger stick. Mm-hmm. They're, the right. type of testing normally done in the allergy t- uh, office is going to be that skin prick testing where they prick you for each individual allergens, either on your arm or on the back if it's children normally. Right. And then there's the the whole blood where it's one stick, and they're able to test the patients for many, many allergies and allergen components. So the blood, the right. blood draw is the only one that can look for. Uh, that can test you for allergen components, and and okay. that's really been the direction that allergy testing has been going since about uh, 1999. And that's the, that's the direction it's been going in.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, that seems more efficient too than the the, the sticky, uh that sticking stuff is just horrible. Uh, okay, so you work with Thermo Fisher. Uh, Thermo Fisher does have an allergy test uh, test. So can you give a quick overview of what Thermo Fisher is doing? And is that test available in the United States?
1: Yes, so it is available in the U.S. We uh, Thermo Fisher offers over 500 whole allergen and mixes and over 100 different allergen components. These are all FDA cleared and they're all available in the United States. Our allergy test is called ImmunoCap, and they're run on our FODIA system, okay. um, and these can detect levels of sensitization down to 0.1, uh, and our de- our technology is based on extremely high total binding capacity, um, and we've really been at the forefront when it comes to allergy testing, and, and we continue to bring more value to the laboratory, to the patient, and to the, and to the providers, and that's why a big focus has been around component testing.
0: Okay, great. So. How do labs fit into this? Uh, you know, we have the at-home testing. I think that's a, we've we've talked a lot about this on this program and and in the uh, the pages of our uh, CLP magazine. So, where where do labs fit into allergy testing? Do they still have a place for allergy for testing or? Is this, uh, is it changing in some way?
1: Uh, No, laboratories are still vital. Laboratory tests are generally more accurate than at-home test kits. Laboratorians are trained. They're specialized in this area. Actually, the World Allergy Organization actually discourages home testing with concerns that misdiagnoses are likely because not everybody understands, you know, the proper way of how to collect the sample for these tests, even how to interpret the results. And really, clinical laboratories and the lab techs within these areas they play a vital role in patient care and they really play a key role in the partnership to getting to closing these diagnostic care gaps and laboratorians are being viewed more and more as a partner in the healthcare system and one right. one good thing that's come out of covid I'll say if there is any good thing is that Sure. COVID's kind of op- it's opened that curtain uh, that the labs have been hidden behind for so many years and really yeah. help put a light and shine a light on the lab to show the value that they bring. And so, yeah. the labs do bring a lot when it comes to allergy testing, but not just allergy testing, any type of testing.
0: Yeah. And, and that's that's really interesting because we've talked a lot about that uh, here uh, that is that weird silver lining that people now realize that, oh, I get, and I was like that too uh, before I joined the CLP team, that I get my blood test, it goes off to, you know, who knows, goes off into a, a, a black hole and <laughs> I guess a robot does it. And then I get an email that tells me all my all my numbers. But knowing that there, there are people involved, I think you bring up a really interesting point in terms of, sample collection because that's something I um, recently was at a press conference and I brought that up and I, I, I and I didn't get a very satisfying answer about that but I think that's a, I think that's an important uh, important issue about sample collect these home tests are great but if you can't collect the sample correctly it's gonna really, uh, really cause a lot of a lot of problems with with the accuracy of the test right
1: absolutely i mean that's
0: really the, that's really the flaw here that's kind of the, the 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 chink in the armor as it as it were yeah, yeah.
1: absolutely and it's not just with allergy at home kits it's really with any yeah, type of thing. at-home kit yep
0: yeah yeah I, I had to take a uh taken a couple of covid tests and i had one that was i just throw it away because i <laughs> didn't take the sample correctly so that yeah happens it happens to everybody yeah and when you're not feeling when not, you're not feeling
1: that great to begin with and you're doing a test and you're exactly. trying to follow directions and you're
0: reading you're reading those very small instructions yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly exactly all right so one thing we talked about and I think you've already touched on a little bit is uh, we talked in the pre interview a little bit about patient management. And that new generation of tests are helping, you know, certainly kind of like COVID. You know, oh, I, Doc, I think I have a, a positive test or I, I think I have something I, I need. I, 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 yeah, every time I eat uh, peanut butter, I feel kind of sick uh, or, or whatever or, or whatever. I eat bread. I feel sick. I think maybe I, I have a gluten allergy. Um, so it's gone out of the allerg- allergists' uh, realm a little bit because there aren't that many of them. Uh, so can you talk a little bit about how that's that's shifting uh, a little bit in terms of, uh, maybe elaborate a little bit more about that in terms of how patient care? Yeah, we we have the home test, but it's also now going into the primary care p- physician instead of that specialized allergist that you you know. Yeah. That you, this is the office you have to go to. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So with the whole blood test, um, whole blood allergen test right here is where we're able to test, like I mentioned, the allergen components. And this is the direction that allergy testing has been going in for the last over 20 years. Um, so right, okay. so components, I wanna say, do not replace whole allergen testing. Components are meant mm-hmm. to really increase that specificity and help um, give patients more customized management plans. So for example, right. I mentioned the peanut allergy. So when you break up the peanut allergy into its individual proteins or components, Um, Patients are normally, they're not gonna be positive to all of the different components normally. Usually they're only positive to certain individual components of that whole peanut protein. And so certain proteins could mean that this patient They're more likely to have an anaphylactic reaction, a severe reaction. They need to carry around an EpiPen. They need to be sitting at the peanut free Mm. lunch table at school. But then there's other components of the protein that say, you know, these patients are more likely to outgrow these, or they're not, they're more likely to have more of a mild reaction. And they would be safe to sit next to somebody who, let's say, is eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich next to them. But that's just the story for peanuts. You know, there's other stories when it comes to milk and egg, for example. It can let it can tell right. you if you can eat uh, baked eggs or if you need to avoid all forms of eggs. Same thing with milk mm. as well. Uh, so if you can eat that birthday cake or not. And then when it right. comes to pet components, these these are really interesting. It can let you know if you can um, say you're allergic. You you test positive that you're allergic to dogs, but you don't look at the components, so you think you're allergic to all types of dogs. But maybe when you look at the components, it lets you know you're only allergic to the male dogs, and you would be fine being around mm. female dogs. So you can see how it allows the patients to have more customized management and give them more information to how they should treat and avoid these allergic triggers for them.
0: Right. Well, it also it also helps the patient to live their lives, yeah. too, because if you're, 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 you're allergic to all dogs… Yeah, maybe you love dog. You, you grew up with dogs, and now you have an aller, "quote unquote" allergy to it. But ironically, you only had female dogs when you were a, when you were a kid, and you were fine. Mm-hmm. And maybe that maybe that's maybe that's the 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 issue uh, involved uh, as that in that example. I know my my brother, for instance, he had a peanut allergy when he was a kid, and it was very very mild, uh, and he grew out of it. Uh, and my dad, thankfully, grew out all of his. His uh, various, uh, but he was allergic to every. I, he told me he was allergic, basically was, alert, I don't know how he's still alive. He was allergic to everything. So, um, uh, so, you know, we, we've talked a bit about where we've been, where we are, where are we going? What's the next five, five or so years look like for allergy testing? I
1: think more and more in components are going to be coming out when it comes to allergy testing. So, right now, it's been really focused on foods, uh, even insects and, and pets, as I've mentioned. But I think uh, breaking down those whole proteins into the individual components and giving patients more information to manage these triggers, I think that's, the, that's going to be the continued direction we're going in. And, you know, I always like to describe allergen components as a lot like cholesterol testing. We know total cholesterol okay. doesn't tell the entire story. So that's why we break it down into HDL, LDL, and triglycerides. And so we want to continue doing that with whole allergen tests and continue breaking down that to give uh, the providers and the patients more information.
0: Oh, great. great. So it's going to be more precise uh, and it's going to help with management. And labs are still going to be a key component uh, in this process. That... Absolutely. All right. All right. Well, great. Well, with that, we've come to the end of our time. Jessica, thanks again for taking the time to speak with me today about allergy testing. I think we've just, uh, uh, no pun intended, scratched the surface for sure. Uh, so we, we may have more to talk about in the future. And certainly, um, I know you have some specialties in autoimmune uh, diseases as well, that maybe we can have you back sometime to, to talk more about that. I also want to thank you, the laboratory audience, for listening. Uh, look for more episodes of Clinical Lab Chat in the future, and visit us online at CLPMag.com and on all of the major social media platforms. Until uh, next time, we'll uh, we uh, we'll see you then.
1: Thank you so much.